Had you gone too far? But you endured the difficult moments because, in the long run, your children would be thankful. Eleanor's own mother knew this. Let him go, she had said when Eleanor fell in love with Howard Brinkmeyer her senior year of high school. Her mother said his parents would want him to find a nice Jewish girl. He was not going to marry a blonde girl named Eleanor Haggerty. She might as well wait for John Glenn to invite her to a picnic on the moon. She was an experiment for him, a shiksa hors d'oeuvre to cut his hunger before the main course. Having married at seventeen, her mother worried that Eleanor was wasting time. Did she want to turn out like Alice Freeman, or worse, like old Miss Barksdale? Being alone, they had lost Eleanor's father to cirrhosis, was no easy life for a woman, Still, Eleanor sulked for months. By flashlight, she read Romeo and Juliet and soaked her pillow with tears. She cut her hair in a bob and declared she would join a convent. But when a couple of years later, Howard proposed to a girl from his synagogue, and Eleanor met Gavin on Cape Cod, she knew, though she certainly didn't admit it, that her mother had been right. It was 1968 and Gavin had just graduated from Yale. From her raft in the ocean, Eleanor had seen him running on the beach, kicking up sand. He seemed led by his chin, his blonde hair blown back in the breeze. A while later, when she came splashing out of the water, he lay sideways on the sand, reading. He set down his book and smiled. Someone pinch me. I'm not falling for that, she said. Ah, the mermaid speaks. But does she go to restaurants? That night, over lobster rolls and fried clams, they squeezed lemon wedges and licked their sour fingertips and spoke about what they wanted to do with their lives. Or Gavin spoke and Eleanor listened. She didn't know what she wanted to do, but she loved the way he talked. About his heroes, people like John Kenneth Galbraith, John F. Kennedy, and his own father, who had been a two-term mayor of their Massachusetts town. He confessed to funny habits, like keeping track of the votes of Supreme Court justices. He said he had his best ideas when he was running long distances, that the world became crystal clear in the sixth mile that he could see his future. He said he either wanted to be a public defender or a professor, He hated hypocrisy and laziness. Eleanor said she didn't really hate anything. Afterward, they drove to the beach, and Gavin pulled apart pieces of saltwater taffy, which they each chewed in a giggling race to name the flavor. Cinnamon, bubblegum, peach. The smell of barnacles and wooden docks and sea foam brushed warmly over Eleanor's face. From the trunk... Gavin pulled a violin and played Bach's Arioso, and people in nearby cars turned off their engines and climbed onto their hoods to listen. He seemed the most passionate and dazzling man she had ever met. This, of course, was before the war. Stick it out, her mother said after they had married and Gavin returned from Vietnam, sullen and withdrawn. A lot of war wives were whispering about divorce. 
A classmate from Wellesley had paid a week's typing pool wages to talk to a lawyer, then slipped Eleanor his business card, insisting she wasn't going to spend the rest of her life married to some nut job who threw kitchen knives at the sofa. The foam is popping out everywhere. Would that be Eleanor's life? No, her mother said. Make the coffee and iron his shirts. Serve him steak au poivre with baked potatoes and kiss him before bed. Say yes if he wants to touch you, even if you were already sleeping. Don't ask what's wrong. Pretend everything is fine and soon enough it will be. There were few marital problems, she added, that couldn't be cured with a baby. Eleanor said she didn't think Gavin wanted a baby. Her mother said, that's why God made safety pins. Her mother was dying.